And they're like, it's like a radio show, but on the internet. And then I was like, that sounds fucking gay. Check it out, bro. I still had this fire blast. You were dead, even if that shock didn't last. And I could have made a copy with this twin cast. And if you countered it, I had red elemental blast. Okay, I get it. Can we move on, please? You got a case of that still had all these. Welcome, everybody, to the fourth episode of Redcast Wins. Uh, we have two guest hosts today. We have Charlotte. Hi. And we have Chaz from uh, Channel Fireball. Howdy. Yes. And with me, as always, is my uh, is my Robin, Lewis. I'm not Robin. I'm <laughs> Nighthawk. Nightwing. Nightwing. <laughs> yes. There are some people who I am me saying, why didn't anyone correct him? Because <laughs> I forgot. <laughs> And I mean, Batman now, so wouldn't that then make Robin? It doesn't matter. Wizards, I mean, uh, DC rebooted the entire universe. That's uh, not yet. Soon. Soon. Okay, so Robin's and, again. Yeah, and then our EDH master, Sean. What's up? <laughs> <laughs> Keep it short and simple. <laughs> It's it's so, um, this weekend was an interesting weekend at Magic. We had GP Singapore and a couple of other events. So what do we want to talk about first? Uh, the not standard, because I don't think anyone wants to hear about that. Uh, something, something, Blade 1, something, something. Limited, I'm good Right? Is that pretty much correct? Yeah. <laughs> Call Blade 1, but... To be fair, it was PV, so, you know, that's always awesome. Yeah. How many events has PV won now this year? Like a bajillion. I, I don't even know. I stopped keeping track. <laughs> you, you also have to admit that PV top eighting without Jace in, at, you know, at the Jace GP was even more impressive, possibly, than the Right. The oh, event. obviously. Yeah, when he made top 16 with Boros. Yeah, that was... Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> like... So I, I really loved his article when he, like like Cobblade Cobblade rug rug rug, hot big bold Boros. One of these things is not like the other. <laughs> so like, <laughs> best things ever. So is it safe to say that PV is probably going to be one of the greatest pros of all time? Yeah. Well, assuming assuming nothing happens to him, sure. So yeah. as long as he doesn't Saito, right? Sure. Or he's, you know, well he's top five in the world right now. Yeah, and he's almost, he's about to break the 300 point mark, isn't he? Yeah, well, then he can retire and get in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> we, me and my friends we were on our way to Denny's this evening, and we were just talking about magic and going to GPs and stuff, and we commented on how sad it is that PV is our age. It has more pro points than we'll ever uh, accumulate combined in our entire lifetime. But don't remind me of that. <laughs> have any of you played on the tour? I have not. No. I have not either. No. Then I'm, I'm, yeah, I, I would guess he will accumulate more pro points combined. Sean, what about you? Ever been on the tour? No, I, I think I've only been to one PTQ. <laughs> Wait, was that the story where you put the person on tilt for archive trapping them? Yes. <laughs> Good note. I heard that. That was a great story. <laughs> I plan I to go on some eventually, but obviously I'm not really planning on going to the Pro Tour anytime in the future. So. And now, especially since it's not public. 
You never was on the Pro Tour? You never made no Day 2 Grand Prix? Never to Grand Prix. <sighs> Sorry, I caught the reference. That, that's all. Oh, of course. Yeah. I, I saw oh, me no. right there. Chaz, did you catch the reference? I did not. You have not listened to the Optimist that is the Patrick Chapin album? The Gathering. I, I heard the Jay song. I did listen to that. And uh, that, I mean, that was a song. Well, well almost a song. It's more, I'll give, I'll give the Gathering this. They're, they produce more quality music than Kesha. Yes, <laughs> the, it's true. So they produce a greater number than zero. <laughs> oh, come Jason on. did seem to really master the, the William Shatner meets underground hip-hop song-talking style. <laughs> oh, now I have to listen to all of them. <laughs> yeah, I could do Sean, I will, I will let you use one of my uh, Star City downloads because I paid for it. I've gotten into enough Twitter fights with Chape, and I should listen to his music. <laughs> All right, so um, we have we have a judge on this evening, so maybe we should ask them some judge questions. Yeah, like, okay, I remember you posting, like, the entire, like, description for, for some rules. It was, like, 12 tweets. Yeah, oh, yeah, my, my, my uh, thing on priority in the stack, my little brief Twitter primer. Did you, like, memorize that, or was that, like, you just copying it out of... No, 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 that, that, that was all from memory. But... <laughs> that is crazy. No, I don't... I don't I, the, the hard part was getting coherent bits to fit inside a tweet. That... <laughs> yeah. Here's a judge question for you. Sure. Let's talk about what you can and cannot redirect with Spell Skype. Because I feel like that comes up a lot. Sure. Uh, do you have specific things you want to ask well, about? Why don't you do the rundown? It's Actually, okay. I, rundown. I do have one example. I Because I forget, this one in particular was in on the the mothership. I can't remember if it was uh, BDM or Flores. I think, Actually, no, I think it was in a Star City article by Flores where it's like, Spellskite could redirect Combust. Which I'm pretty sure is wrong. Well, uh, Spellskite can target any speller ability because it just needs to target a speller ability. The speller really doesn't even have to have a target, but when Spellskite's ability resolves, it has to be able to legally change the target to Spellskite, otherwise it won't do anything and the target will just stay the way it is. So no, Combust can't be redirected. Spellskite, unless Spellskite is somehow turned blue with, say, Grand Architect or something. Or white, I suppose. But that's not really doable in standards, so. And what about equipment? Uh, equipment? You can redirect your own equip abilities to Spellskite. Uh, try, trying to use it on an opponent's equip ability isn't going to do you any good because the equip ability specifically says your own basically. Creator. Well, yeah, basically equip, cost, basically means pay cost, attach this to target creature you control. And Spellskite is not a creature that, that your opponent controls, so it's not a legal target. Um, so I do I, I do have a, a question. What do you guys think is the, um, well, well, she can answer this when she gets back on the bottom, but personally, what do you guys think is the card that causes the most rules trouble? Uh, Next to Spellskite and uh, Standard right now. Um, 
rules trouble. Stand, standard's a crazy. Um, there's I bet it's Splinter Twin putting Splinter Twin on weird thing. Yeah, because uh, like we actually had someone who forgot yeah. that when you made a Splinter Twin copy of Inferno Titan, it does three and then three again. They just figured, oh, when I attack it, it's going to do three. Yeah. But I was thinking, uh, lights of replication on the <laughs> the golem. That's always a fun one to explain to people the number of golems that you get. Pretty much gives you infi golems. Yeah, it's close enough. Pretty much game over once that happens. Yeah. And then knowledge pool has confused a few people. But generally, I don't think people play too many of those cards. Hey, play some EDH. I do have an EDX deck designed to the the only way to really win is to get everyone else to concede out of frustration to all of my chaos. I've gone I've gone an hour with that deck where no damage has been dealt because no one can figure out how to deal any damage. Ah, <laughs> oh, hilarious! What about knowledge pool? That's got to be everyone's personal favorite card. Uh, it's a fun card. Not in standard, but it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> Just loves it, so. So, what would happen with Teferi? Because they couldn't, they could they ever cast any of you their spells? You can cast spells and no one else can. No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that seems pretty annoying. And kind of dirty, too. Alright. Um, hmm. So we lost our uh, judge. We we lost our yeah. judge. Um, she's restarting her computer, unfortunately. So we were hanging on every word, and and we lost her. So finance questions. Finance questions. <laughs> what were you? I've got a better finance question. What were you thinking? Giving Red Sight wins a shout out. Oh well, I read Sean's <laughs> EDH articles, and they were really good. And, uh, Channel Fireball doesn't have ADH articles, so I wanted people who were reading my, my column to read, you know, actual talented writers doing interesting things and talking about interesting ideas. So, so again, why did you send them to Sean? <laughs> well, he was the only one available who, you know, kind of fit the description a little. I don't, Chess, I don't know if we actually ever explained to you the absurdity of what happened when you linked us. We had no, just, you should. We, we had just finished what turned out to be a failed podcast with Robert Martin from uh, the Meta Magic. Uh, we lost, like, bad things happened. We lost parts of the uh, cast. So as we finished this podcast, uh, Sean goes, Chaz finally gave us a shout out we go i'm like oh that's pretty cool and lewis is like yeah we have like 45 and we're shooting the shit with rob and all of a sudden lewis goes we have 300 page views <laughs> and it's it's, a, it's like an hour now and as the day goes like we're refreshed like me and lewis and, and sean we're all refreshing the the stats phase and it just like goes up in insane increments by the hour like, at one point, we were at 300, and I refreshed, and we were at 750. <laughs> what did you end up with? 3,242. <laughs> I would oh, like you to know wow. that that's how much we average in about three weeks. Channel Fireball doesn't tell me what my numbers are, but I assume it's bigger than that, which is pretty damn good. That's even like, with the political commentary. <laughs> <laughs> 
because everyone was angry. <laughs> so like we, I want to thank you, but I don't understand like how absurd my my like Wednesday was because of that. Just like the sheer amount of oh my fucking god, what's happening? And uh, just as a side note, you've completely ruined the curve for every other day because oh, yeah, now there's just like this giant spike, right? Yeah, oh, our site yeah. stats are awful. Like we're doing phenomenal this week. Like each stays at like four or five hundred. Yeah, we're over five hundred reviews today, which would have been one of our best. Except because of your day, because of like the three days after what happened with you, it says that we're like negative eight hundred percent for this week. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. Did I just get you a Don't be. Are you, are you have more people coming now than before? Yeah. So much more. Like we appreciate it. It's just that go. our si- our yeah, site stats, stats are just yeah. are so bad now. This <laughs> happened to me when I was starting the Dr. Albert blog. I was getting uh, between thirty and a hundred hits a day, and then at one point, Mike Flores retweeted a link, and I think it went that day was a thousand. Just now, know that Chaz Andreas is more powerful than Michael Flores. Yeah. Well, if you put me in an article, it probably would have been at, like, 100,000. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into, like, the financial side but, of Wait, wait, wait. Uh, so if we have you write an article, we'll go up that high? What kind of promo do I need to send you to have you write an article for us? Ah, well, I'd have to you, – you, here's what you have to do to get me to write an article for you. Come up with an interesting and concise idea for an article, and I'll do it for you. My problem you, is, you know, there's only so many good ideas for financial articles, and I pretty much have to have to save them for channel. So if uh, you come well, up with something interesting we, and, and unique and quick, I'll do it for you. We don't have anybody who writes about Limited right now, and you say you know about Limited, and New Frexia has come out. I do. I could do a small Limited thing. I can't do a regular thing because, really, the whole me doing – Magic finance articles is just me cheating on myself from writing TV scripts, which is what I should be doing with my time. But <laughs> instead, I'm like, eh, well, I do have to do my article this week, <laughs> and then I don't do my, I don't work on my script that day. I completely so it's, understand. It's, it's me, it's me cheating on myself with with other writing projects, which then. Sometimes when I get frustrated in the magic article, I go back and cheat on that with the screenplay. And then that's a really good day, because then I'm doubly productive. So should we stamp like a giant A on you for adultery? Writing adultery, maybe a WA. I'm very loyal in other aspects of my life, but I can apparently only write if I'm cheating on projects with other projects. I don't get it. I have My, my self-discipline is not where it needs to be in, in that part of my life, and never has been. Well, you play magic. We we all understand that. <laughs> yep. I, I pretty sure a lot of magic players are pretty darn lazy. ADD. That like whole mana deprived truth says is that we're we're all pretty lazy. Well, yeah. KY, I watch I a lot of television. Too much K- television. KYT's Asian. Like he he got like ADD beat out of him probably. Tumbleweed. Yeah. <laughs> No, no, we got the joke. We just all, all didn't think it was appropriate to laugh at that moment, Lewis. Yeah, no, nobody here is Asian, so we're allowed. Well, I'm a minority, yeah, so we, it we doesn't can. count. It's not racist if you're a minority. I'm a minority, too. I can make fun of any minority I want. I just choose not to, because I'm a good human being, Lewis. We're not sure about that one. one. <laughs> <laughs> I'm this one. 
All right, so Chaz, I have a pretty, I have a good uh, question for you. How did you get into the financial side of magic? Into doing it or into writing about it? Because I can tell both, uh, but they're they're in, they're different. Uh, so why don't we start with the the doing aspect and then following up by the writing aspect? The doing aspect really was from when I started playing. I liked having lots of cards because I could build different decks. And I realized very quickly that there were two ways to get cards. You can buy cards and buy packs, which is slow and expensive, or I could learn how to trade and then get any card I wanted. So the latter became very attractive to me. And I sort of grew up, well, basically the way I got into finance was that when I grew up, I I was a kid and I was going to public school and I did not, me and the school did not get along. I was bored. I didn't really pay attention in class. I didn't do anything extra. I I just had, I had no interest. I was not engaged. And so my parents, being very good parents, decided that they were going to send me to a private school. The problem being, they really didn't have enough money to send me to the private school, but, you know, they had reasonable jobs, so they, you know, they weren't going to get a scholarship because we weren't, we weren't, you know, broke enough for that. So what happened was my mom, who was doing, you know, work here and there, in her spare time started doing a antiques and collectibles business. And I immediately became fascinated in this and started helping her out. So weekend mornings when I was a kid, I'd go to yard sales and flea markets, buy stuff, which we'd flip to stores and online. And I sort of got this bug for finance and making a profit and soon realized that I could take my $2 allowance and I could buy two comic books. Or I could go to the flea market and buy a thing and then sell it for $10 and then buy 10 comic books. And that was many more comic books. So that's that's where I got the start, and and when I started to play Magic, that was a very easy transition for me to make. All right. So then, how did you get kind of into the whole writing about uh, financial? Well, I didn't think that writing about finance was was a possible thing. I actually I started a blog, the Doctor Albert Trading blog, and I started it about a year before. John Medina started his whole Pack to Power thing on, on Man of Nation, which is now Gathering Magic or whatever. And I think I did about, I think I did two entries. And I was going to talk about, like, you know, this is how you do a trade binder, and this is how to, you know, make a good deal. And then I realized that I had no readers, and this was not a thing that most people would want to read about, so I, I put it aside. And then once people started Catching on with Pack to Power, my friend Kyle said, you should do that, too. You trade, like, you know, you do this all the time. Why don't you do Pack to Power? It's fun. I'll do it, too. And then my girlfriend said, yeah, I'll do it, too. Well, I'll do Pack to Power. It'll be great. So we all started a Pack to Power, and Kyle opened a Sun Titan, which I thought was a pretty fair rare. But he did not – he did not – do any more after that. He couldn't find a good enough deal for a pack to power, so his pack to power stopped at pack. And my girlfriend did like three trades. It ended up being pack to Garrick, which was okay, except that her initial rare was Emrakul, so that wasn't that great. But I started 
sort of painstakingly chronicling it on my blog, which ended up being really fun because I could write all these trading stories. And I kept getting more and more hits and more and more people liked it. Uh, and then at one point, I wrote an article about trader sustainability. And I was just getting I was getting pissed because all of the sort of, you know, Kelly Reed, you know, pack to power, ruthless attitude had taken on in my local area. And there were a lot of people who had not really thought about trading and then learned about trading when trading became a popular thing to talk about online. And so they started just trying to rip everyone off at, at every juncture. They just wanted value, 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 value. And the problem is, if you do that, people will stop trading, not only with you, but with everyone. Because if the only way you can trade is to know the price of every single card and what goes up and down every single week, or else somebody will just completely screw you. Unless you're like me and you think that stuff is cool, you won't trade. So I wrote an article being like, look, guys, the trading community of people that aren't value traders is a renewable resource. But we have to be responsible with it like any renewable resource. We can't just, you know, clear-cut the forest and then expect to get wood next year. And so I wrote this article, and I sent it to, to Kelly, and I sent it to John Medina, and I sort of sent it around to everyone and said, this is my opinion. And Kelly Reed, who was at that point starting quiet speculation, said, this is really good. Come write for us. And so I I wrote for Kelly. I did, I think, about two months and at some point in there, I was up in San Jose, and I talked to John, who runs Channel Fireball, who I've known for a couple of years because my best friend from high school runs their storefront. And I was showing him off my pack to power, and he said, you know, well, have you ever thought of writing for us? And I said, yeah, I, I thought about it. You know, maybe I'll, I'll do something, and, and uh, I'll send you some articles. And when quiet speculation was going premium, I decided I wanted no part of it. I knew that it was going to be initially a very, very small readership. I was at that point driving, to be honest, most of the readers for that site because Kelly wasn't even writing for them. He just had other people. And my articles, I believe, my first month of articles, all four were numbers one, two, three, and four and hits on their site. Uh, and... I didn't feel right about people having to pay more per month than Star City to read basically just my articles. Uh, so I, at that point, went to Channel Fireball and said, I would like to write for you. I'm now established. Here's a couple samples. Can I join the team? And they said, glad to have you. And uh, at that point, I started writing for them. All right. Um, so we have our favorite question uh, here on uh Redcast wins, and it's we've asked everyone this. Uh, has there ever been a moment before you became, you know, the, the great trader and finance person you are, uh, that you got trade sharked? Oh, yeah, all the time. Is there I like a trade shark sometimes? Is there like a really good trade shark story, like of you just getting sharked really hard? Uh, there's a couple. The one I most regret is losing my foil 7th edition Goblin Matron at, I think it was like oh. a buck or two. What? When I had no idea that that card was a thing. It was before Legacy had done its recent explosion. It was probably about two years ago. Um, 
I had no idea. And the reason I regret it is because I, I'm now doing, you know, one of the things I'm building right now is an all-foil tribal-based cube. And one of the cards I really need for it is a foil 7th edition Goblin Matron, which is now a freaking $100 card. So that stinks. I've not even seen one for trickers. I gave it away. Yeah, those are... It's like the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. You hear about it, but you never really see it. And I'm sure I pulled it out of a random collection, you know, for nothing, or opened it in a pack back in 7th, but ugh. I had it in my binder for years. Nobody wanted that thing. Well, we always have a follow-up to this question, uh, which is if you've had any of the, the bad beats to any time during a tournament where something just turned completely upside down and your luck turned against you. Oh, um, let me think. Most of my tournament bad beat stories are just when – I, when I run cold, I run cold for a while. I believe my 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 bad beats aren't so much like in a single game because I'll, I'll tip the cap to people that can beat me in it, you know, with with a couple of ridiculous draws. It's usually in limited. Actually, my my, my bad beats in, in in limited mostly is there, there's this one guy at my my local store. I don't see him so much anymore. His name is Patrick. Great guy. Love playing against him. He has a history of calling his shot against me. And what he'll do is when a limited game, especially a two-headed giant game, is on the line and he needs one card to kill me or I will beat him, he will call it off the top of his deck. I think he's called his shot four times against me and three times he's gotten the card he's needed. I think it was, you know, at one point I know it was static <laughs> shot pulled off the top against me. He's like, I need stagger shock. Flips it over and there it is. Um, it's happened two other times in just laughable circumstances. And it's always there's only one out in his deck and he'll just, you know, he'll flip the card and there it will be. So I gotta <laughs> tip the cap to him in, in, in bad beats. He's bad beats me more times than anybody else. You know when you start playing in, in the new limited format? Horrifying yeah. revelation, so he can't do that to you. You move the top <laughs> card. Yeah. And he'll just, he'll, he'll beat me with the horrifying revelation card. He'll, he'll have some sort of draw, draw spell for <laughs> hand. I mean, alright, here, here's the flip side, and this is the way Sean usually answers the question. Have you ever put, have you ever bad beat someone? Oh, I'm sure I have. The problem is, I don't tend to look at it as bad beatsing someone. I tend to look at it as like, oh, I'm just great, and look what I'm the best player in the world. Because <laughs> clearly, I'm drawing my outs. Generally, the separating factor is if they just quit the tournament on the spot or start crying. My, my favorite bad beat story actually happened to a friend of mine, uh, who is uh, Eric Levine, who is the guy who runs the storefront in, at Superstars and is... An on again, off again, judge call, Mr. Channel Fireball. And this was at a, uh, a PTQ. It was extended. It was a couple of years ago. And it was one of those things where his friends were, uh, you know, they were going to go. He wasn't really planning on it, but they talked him into it at the last minute. So the night before the tournament, he was like, all right, you know, I'll throw together a deck and I'll go. And the deck he threw together was Zer's Weirding. 
And if, if you've ever played against Sir's Weirding, you will know that it is one of the most frustrating cards in the game to play against, because you'll just there, you know, drawing cards in your opponent, like, no, you don't get that one. No, you don't get that one until they beat you. And it was round one, and he, he, he weirding locked a guy and put him on so much tilt that this guy, at the end of the tournament, at the end of the, the round, dramatically took a um, sacred foundry, a foil sacred foundry that he had in his deck, ripped it in half, and threw it at Eric. And Eric sat there in shock for about, well, you know, a good three count. And then the guy next to the guy who threw the foundry turns and looks at him and said, Did you just rip up my sacred foundry? <laughs> <laughs> yes, was a card he friend and teammate and ripped it up through it to Derek. That, that's very... Like how how much of tilt do you have to be on to rip up your friends? Like I know it's like a thirty dollar card. I'll pay you back tomorrow. Oh, that's like me losing to the uh, hive mind dream halls deck and being like, oh my friend's Gaius Cradle. I hate this game so much. Rip. <laughs> no, 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 that would have been like, it's like, hey, can you give me back Gaius Cradle? Uh, uh, I was on tilt. Tilt made me do it. Yeah, except the guy was sitting right there, so he put him on tilt so bad that tilt spread to the games around him. <laughs> like, he beat him so bad that everybody surrounded that guy couldn't play the rest of that tournament. I think that beats your archive trap tilt now. I think that's the greatest tilt ever. Weapon of mass tilting. <laughs> That's the best tilt. That's the best tilt one I've heard, which is better. I, I've never put anyone on that much tilt. Uh, Actually, um, you guys, give me two seconds. I have to tell. I have to have my friend who is here for my greatest tilt story, and I've been saving it for the day that I can get him into my apartment. So you guys keep chatting. I'm gonna go grab him. I'll tell you. I'll tell you another tilt story real quick while while he gets him. Uh, I played in a legacy tournament a couple of weeks ago, and I was playing Reanimator. And like I was sort of alluding to earlier, when I run bad, I run bad. Like, I will, like, there was one point where, like, you know, I was, you know, winning FNM drafts every week, and then, like, I would O for April. Like, th this will happen to me. There'll just be, like, times when I just cannot win a game for whatever reason. And so I started this tournament, I was O and 3 playing Reanimator. And, and then I faced this kid, and he, he couldn't have been more than, you know, 14 or 15. And it was clearly his first legacy event. And and what really did it to me was that the deck he was playing was, like, the really bad joke version of my deck. Like, he was reanimating, like, random weird creatures from Shadowmore. It's like, reanimate figure of destiny. So he's actually yeah, getting he rise from the grave. Yeah, he was using, he was just using, like, the world's worst versions of, of my deck. You know, he, he's, he had white for, like, Disenchant instead of blue for Force of Will and Days, like. <laughs> oh. Alright, so I probably missed a really awesome story. But, I have with me right now, the person who I probably have put on what I consider my greatest amount of tilt ever. Can you guys hear him in the background? He needs to speak up. Hi, everyone. Hello. 
All right. So uh, this is back when Zendikar had just kind of came in and had merged itself with shards with shard standard. Uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's when Zendikar block became standard. And I'm playing a very early version of the, uh, Elf El, uh, Eldrazi Monument deck. But, um, because I didn't, uh, because there were no Eldrazi's yet, you ramped into, like, really dumb things like Terastodon. So, due to a series of amazing draws, I somehow play a turn three Terastodon. And the only permanents that my friend here had for me to destroy were all three of his lands. <laughs> Sum up, it's a stupid game. <laughs> he, he proceeds to get so mad that not only does he throw his hand at me, he then stands up and he, he claims that all he did was hit his chair. The, the way we remember this, though, is that he takes the chair and tosses it behind him and then angrily walks away from the table saying, I hate this game. At least he got elephants. Obviously. <laughs> he should have played around it. But this is why we have we have kind of nicknamed uh, Drew, our friend Drew, uh, Urza's Rage. Because... <laughs> If you start to beat Drew in what is a very bad beat, uh, you know, one-sided mana, you are definitely getting a hand, like a hand of cards thrown at you. Maybe your own deck. <laughs> oh man, that's the only way I win now too. I just throw decks that the only time I ever win is in some obscure way. I probably had a deck worth of cards thrown at me one by one over the years, but never a whole deck. Uh, I've seen somebody throw a deck box through a wall. No, no, no. The best was my best is like someone played a Jace, and he was so mad at it. He was like, Jace takes a walk, and he tosses Jace off the table, and then proceeds to keep playing as though nothing happened. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's great. But like I, I've been, I told him we had to be here tonight because we were going to be talking about tilt because that's what we always talk about on this podcast. It probably should become. It's probably should be less redcast win and just tilt cast. Tilt cast. I like it. There we go. All right. That's so I guess I have a new story then uh, that just happened because I don't play good decks anymore. It's it's too tiring. So I was playing Pyromancer's Ascension uh, against my friend. And he was playing this weird infect deck where basically he played Green Sun Zenith, um, the new black Phyrexian card that uh, brings something back from the graveyard and gives it haste and sacrifice at the end of the turn, and then Putrefax. And the idea was just to basically play with three different cards that equaled Putrefax in his deck. Um, The problem is Putrefax has a three toughness, and I was playing Pyromancer's Ascension. But the game we played lasted over an hour because I couldn't pull a Pyromancer's Ascension, but I could burn every Putrefax he played. Eventually I won because I happened to throw a Emrakul in my deck just in case the game went an hour and a half and I had all my lands out in play. And sure enough, win by playing Emrakul. <laughs> That's amazing. Oh, The horror. Like, 
I, I can just hear like the Imperial March play when like Sean walks into the tournament. Only won one game, but it's gonna sadden somebody. Lewis, <laughs> 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 you have a new tilt story, or one you uh, haven't shared? Actually, like it, not necessarily a tilt story, but I I got mind tricked a little. Uh, let's hear this. Like, cause like, it's like the one other, like, well, there's like four good players up here counting myself, the friend I took to nationals and like two people who were actually like going to PTQs before I came up. And so I'm playing my friend who's like one of the only other good people and he actually like is dedicated enough to pay for Star City and stuff like that. So he reads, uh, one of Kibler's articles about like how you can just ask them and People will often show you cards that they have so you can play around it. And, like, sure enough, I, I have a spell. He's playing Splinter Twin and I'm playing Cobblade and I have a spell Pierce and it's boarded and I have a Celestial Purge since we, we went to sideboard. Now, he's at four mana, taps two mountains, two islands. He has his Exarch on the field and he goes, do you got the spell Pierce? And I show it to him and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, okay, I'm casting Manic Van. I'm like, well, that that's not what I wanted to happen at all. <laughs> and so, like, so it takes me a second there. I'm like, I think I can get him. So the entire time he's like, ha, 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 ha. I got you to show me the spell, Pierce. And he's like it, telling people like this. And I'm like, okay, you're, yeah, you got two more mana. You can't, like, you can pay for my spell, Pierce. Twin, Pierce, pay to purge the look on his face and like the people just watching like I thought you were gonna win didn't you just trick him you got a mind <laughs> <laughs> it's like I guess I lose oh oh and it's like that's what you get you don't you don't Jedi mind trick a Jedi so Lewis thank you by the way for telling me to run Celestial Purge in my sideboard because uh when I played against Pyromancer's Ascension Instead of him giving him three 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 green beasts, I was just like Pyromancer's Ascension. That's cool. Uh, Celestial Purge. All right, cool. Pyromancer's Ascension. Celestial Purge. And each time he didn't have the mana leak. <laughs> I'm telling you, purges is the shit. But uh, yeah, I do owe you for that. But uh, I wanted to, since we're talking about tilt, uh, it kind of uh, has the same topic of controversy. Uh, so how many of us have a Twitter? I do. Oh, I love Twitter. Yeah. So who follows Dr. Uh, Jeebus? Oh, oh, I do. I've tried to, I've thought about blocking him so many damn times, but he's, uh, he's an effective <laughs> troll. He, he gets me wanting more. I actually do not follow him. Uh, so, I feel like I should. So like, wait, so he... me and Chaz are the, Lewis, you have to know what I'm about to talk about, though, because it's built into the, to the point where me and Jay Boost started fighting. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, Chaz, do you, Chaz, are you are you kind of aware as to what I'm about to start talking about? Is this his dealer's rant or is this his gay rant? The gay rant. Okay. So, do you want to start off the story of his of his gay rant because you follow him and I get it? I got it boiled through from Smitty and Jay Bush fighting. Okay, I'll I'll start it from from what I can tell. Well, as a fact, he will use gay as a pejorative all the damn time. It's just something he does because he likes to get a rise out of people. 
So at one point, somebody called him out on it and was like, you shouldn't do that. That's really insensitive. Uh, and I don't appreciate you using that word as an insult. And so he posts this big, long blog article that he wrote specifically for when people don't like him doing that, where he basically says the definition of the word has changed, and now there's two meanings of it, and I'm not wrong, and you're wrong, and I can say gay all I want, and it's not an insult. And so a lot of people said, uh, I don't think you can just claim that. And uh, he got into a fight with everyone on Twitter. That's as far as I know. I think he got a, I think a good ten people stopped following him that day. Yeah. Uh, so pretty much he did something that I didn't think would ever happen. He got Jay Bush and Smitty though to almost throw down. If any of you follow Smitty and Jay Bush, Jay Bush made a comment that the American way is to just. Throw up your to throw your head in the sand, and just ignore or block things that you don't like. In response to Jeebus, it, that's actually kind of what happens. Yeah, but so in a way, Bush starts to defend Jeebus. Now, I love Bush. I think Jay Bush is an amazing person. I am an LGBT person, and I'm also an activist in my area. So, I was like, wait a second. Someone who's a friend of mine is now using this term. And so I start fighting with Jay Boosh. So Jay Boosh, for for saying one tweet, quasi-defending Jeebus, this is how much of a troll Jeebus is, that he can cause other people to take on his battle for him. It was... Really, one of his finest hours in trolling. Oh, I hate. <laughs> I, I hate him a lot, but you have to admit that, that he got he got people mad. Oh, he got people in raids. I think one of the greatest parts is when he had someone when his wife quote unquote started tweeting for him. Oh boy! Like <laughs> you know you're a troll when none her. when all of the like not minor podcasts but all like I don't think Monday Night Magic brought it up I don't think the a I think the A team might have brought it up because it we're bringing me. it up we brought it up but there were so many podcasts that talked about it there it, it it trickled over in Twitter for for the whole day like Aaron Forsythe even follows the guy like it or not he I mean he's well known in the community but I feel like <laughs> Now I'm definitely going to follow him and just have, like, popcorn looking for his tweets. He, he does, like, he, he, will, he has this ability to just make everyone mad. Like, you know, even if you aren't mad about this thing, just wait for the next one. <laughs> oh, maybe I should follow him. I mean, the thing is, is he's not always golden. There are times where he says shit and it's off the mark and it's not going to get anyone mad. Mm-hmm. But then the few times that he lights a fire under the ass of the magic community, it's almost like comedic gold if you didn't get dragged into it. Because you're, it's almost like watching 14-year-olds argue over something. It's like reading YouTube comments. Well, I it's like that... reading, it's like reading live journals. Are those still around? Yes. 
thought they were only for like twelve year old girls. I miss my live journal. I, I wrote a good seven hundred pages of live journal in high school and college. It was my 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 almost my entire writing output at the mo- at the time, other than short stories and scripts. Wow. I loved it, and now, you know, it died, and Twitter bothers the hell out of me because of the character limit. It, it's it's very hard to have effective conversations the way I would in live journal comment threads. Well, Chaz, you should start using TweetDeck because it allows you to have the extended, the extended tweets. Yeah, but do people read them, or do people just sort of skim them? It, it, yeah, it becomes an issue when, when like, you're Someone on a phone using, and get the yeah. tweets, because then you can't. You can't like click on the, the link unless you have a smartphone, which I guess I'm like the only poor bastard that doesn't have one. I mean, Tumblr is supposed to be the confluence of Twitter and LiveJournal, but it isn't. I, I want there to be something. I mean, my biggest problem with with uh with uh Tumblr is that it's entirely not work safe. Mm, yes. See, I'm actually a fan of the the Twitter character limit because I didn't get involved in too many of the blogs before. Because any time there would be a comment that would go over, you know, say a couple of sentences, I my ADD kicks in and I'm just like, ah, screw it, don't care enough, and go on to the next page. Well, Twitter's good for you then. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, Sean. Sean gets so much more value out of his Twitter than I think I do. Like, I try to keep up with Sean. It's impossible. I'm on Twitter all day. It's entertaining at work. Yeah. See, that's what, how I really got into Twitter. Besides, like, being able to like get magic to, because, I, like, I had had to use it for class. I mentioned it in my uh, interview. But uh, like, the other cool thing about Twitter is the fact that it's pretty work shaped. Like you, you're not gonna have anybody come past your screen and go, "Oh my God, what was that?" It's true, but it's also very distinctive. So you have to know that you're at a work in a work environment where they won't be upset at you for wasting your time on Twitter every time they see you. Yeah, like a good sign that they won't fire you is if uh, your company has its own Twitter account. You're generally pretty safe. <laughs> <laughs> But TweetDeck is pretty good. I have, like, uh, I want to say five or six columns programmed in there, so I can just look at Commander and EDH and MTG stuff and basically ignore everything else. Yeah, I have a TweetDeck. It's the only thing, because people send me stuff on Facebook, and I hate Facebook, but TweetDeck lets me look at Facebook without having to see it. Mm-hmm. I, my TweetDeck is uh, not that super customized. Like, I have my mentions. I have the red... I, the main reason I use TweetDeck now more so than ever is to run Red Site Wins Twitter at the same time. Because otherwise, like, having having to have... Two, you can't be logged into two Twitters at the same time. So, you kind of... Like, it's the easiest way to, multi, like, multi-manage it. Well, then sending me an email and be like, hey, tweet this. Yeah, oh, I make all of my non-magic friends sit insufferably through all of my magic tweets. See, I have the opposite problem. I first started using Twitter as, like, an activism outlet, so now all of my activism friends have to put up with all of my MTG nonsense. Uh, I feel kind of bad for them. Yeah, no such problems. I only do magic on Twitter. Nothing else. There you go. Well, me, the funny thing is, is I think I've met mostly all of you through Twitter, especially Sean. That's the reason why I know Sean. Yeah, and it was actually over uh, one of the, the gay activists, like, stories. I forget how that even started or what the hell was happening with that, but it was another one of those ones where somebody in the magic community called somebody gay, and then Twitter exploded, so. Uh, 
bit too sensitive. No offense, but by the way, I have a, I, I have a, a good friend of mine from college who is works for the uh, International Gay and Lesbian Human Rights Commission. And I actually brought up the Jeebus thing to her, and it was like, you should write an article about this. I know you blog from time to time, and I'd love to hear your take. And so she may be weighing in at some point. I will will send you all the link. Well, the thing is, is, like, it's something that people want to talk about, like, the the magic community and slurs in general because like it is a competitive game and what happens when you're when you're playing something competitive sometimes you trash talk so like and trash talking is a very effective way to put people on tilt it's true like, unfortunately it's true and unfortunately one of the gr- and what is our community predominantly male what's a yep. great way to get a rile out of a male calling him a fag or like calling him queer or something so like it is an unfortunate side effect of the type of game we play. The problem becomes with talking about it, especially like I've been thinking about writing an article about the Jeebus thing, is like, A, do you talk about it and feed the troll? Like, by bringing it up, do I give Jeebus more followers? You do, because- but at the same time, I, I feel that all discussion is, is positive discussion. But that's problem A. And problem B is... Is it something that should be discussed on a magic site? Because if you look at, I don't know, 99.8% magic sites, the greatest deviation you get from magic conversation, really, is finance articles are the greatest deviation from magic strategy that you'll get. Or man and, Gathering Magic has their, like, has that guy that sometimes writes storytelling. Yeah. Not the Vorfo, not the Vortho stuff. Like he writes short stories. The that's alter, the, the alter articles too. Yeah, Art that's alts. the greatest deviation you'll get from actual strategy. So it kind of makes you wonder if, like, do you have the do you have the outlet on your magic site to write an article about player behavior? I would say yes. I get the most hits and the most comments. The more out of the box I go the more I think my article reaches people in either positive or negative ways, but it, it gets people talking and it's interesting. Uh, I, I think my most popular article was the one I wrote with all my trading stories, which had, I think, you know, maybe one bit of financial advice in it. And then, you know, God knows how many people read my damn, you know, paragraph of political rant in the middle of a column about something completely different. Uh <laughs> I, I like reading articles that are more than just, you know, here's article number 17 on this deck is better than Cobblade. And at the end of the day, the deck isn't better than Cobblade. I don't need to read that article again. I've read it. I'd like to read something a little a little different. That's what I that's what I look for in the morning when I when I go to all the sites. Yeah, although it's kind of funny with Commander, uh, a lot of the articles are exactly the opposite. They're all about you know, politics and how to treat people and how to keep the community friendly. And there's uh, fewer strategic articles, but on a casual site, there's no reason why you couldn't talk about this type of subject. Well, it's not so much me weighing it for red site wins. It's more so me weighing the validity of a type of article. I think a type of article on player behavior would go on a casual site before it'd go anywhere else. So, I mean, if if we couldn't host it, then who would? And it's something that should be talked about. I guess. I guess that's uh, the next thing I I start working on. 
Um, I do have a question for Chaz. You yeah. write for Channel Fireball. Yep. Now, this this is probably something I could do my own research about, but hey, I have you on my podcast, so I can ask you here and not have to Google it or sure. scour it through Channel Fireball. What type of contract do you sign when you write for a Channel Fireball? Like, is I it a first publishing? No Channel Fireball. Well, okay, let me let me rephrase that. Do they have first publishing rights, or is it just sort of like I give you things, you guys do what you want with it, and I can now throw it anywhere else I want? I don't think they care. They don't even have a full archive of my articles. But um, is that just you, or is that for everyone? Well, I don't know how it works for for guys like Luis. Um, my guess would be there's, I mean, there's not a lot of value in syndication of magic articles. True. Uh, I mean, first run is where it's at, especially because magic articles have a very limited shelf life. Uh, you know, except for nostalgia draft videos and the really transcendent articles, which, you know, can pretty much go anywhere. People are, are coming in, they're, they're logging in, they're reading, and then they're moving on. So, I mean, it, I, I, I think that if I were to host my own site with my backlog of articles, I don't think, I don't think they would care. Uh, I think it's, it's all about them, them getting day one hits. True. All right. Because, like, the, the question I have, if I was to say write said article, um, how do I phrase this without making it seem dubious? <laughs> if I was to write said article, would you ghost said article for me? Uh, how do you mean? Post under my name? That that that's your phrasing of what I'm of what I'm suggesting. <laughs> uh, I I would not just because it's not it's just not something I would do for anyone. I write like I I have a very distinct style, and I you know I write my own things. I would you know I would write my own article about it if I wanted to do it. What I would do, however, you know, if you wrote an article and you put it up on your site and it really spoke to me. I would certainly give you a shout-out in, in a section that I would probably include in one of my articles talking about my own opinion on it. All right, because what, I, what I'm really thinking about – yeah, Lewis? Yeah, like, don't, like, don't worry. Like, besides the ethics, Amanda's articles are pretty bad, so it's, like, it's, it's not good to, to try to ghost them anyway. <sighs> I like how we're talking about a serious topic, and Lewis has to come in for the jab. It's like way too serious. Well, I I know we tend to be super humorous, but like this is this no honest. <laughs> but I mean, like this has been somewhat that ha this has been something that has somewhat been bothering me since it happened. That that's how that's how, that's how bad I've been trolled by Jeebus. Is that it's it's been quite a few days, and I'm still trolled by it. But it's not just Jeebus, it's the fact that he brought up something that is a problem with the Magic community. And if, if, it's, if it's something that you feel the need to address to the Magic community, you should do so, and then you should get it out there. You shouldn't use someone else's name to get your message out there, just yeah, you should, make a you, good point. Especially if, but that's if, if, you know, your point is that it's coming from you and your unique perspective. 
you know, I don't know if you're going to want to, but if you do, you know, having that out there is is going to make people, I think, listen. All right, so something less serious before we become an actual, real, legitimate podcast. No one wants that. You don't want to be a real, legitimate podcast, Lewis? <laughs> a podcast? It's like, isn't that like a radio show on the internet? Sounds kind of gay. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't think about that until after I got mad at Jeebus. But, but, like, as soon as I, like, I edited it and I sent it to you and I sent it to MTG Castle, I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Did you not think about it? No, I was cracking up. It's Boosh. It's Boosh, so it was funny. But here's the funny thing. Boosh sent me a direct message after we made up and stopped fighting. He goes, but you just let me use, you just used me <laughs> saying something similar as the opening to your podcast. <laughs> and I was like. Damn it! <laughs> All right. Uh, no, that's just like uh. I don't know where that leaves us with this point. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, Chaz, do you play EDH? Yes. 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 I have ten decks. What do you think yeah. of the new commander decks? <laughs> I'm super excited. I've I've only seen um. You know, obviously what's been spoiled. But I'm, my, my issue with them is that I at the same time want to take each one and take out the cards I don't like and build them into my own decks with other cards I like. But I also have, like, I have certain cards I've seen that are now earmarked for other decks that I already have. So I'm, I'm very excited about the product. I think it's going to be a slam dunk for them. This is, it, it hits the casual player in a way that I don't think Arch Enemy did. Arch Enemy was a good idea, is clunky in practice. Commander, I think this is what people want. And I think we'll see, we'll see that. Yeah, okay. I, hope, I hope they come out with more of this. Well, I'm hoping for more playing chase. That is the, like, like in my casual play group because I've learned that I do better competitively when I get some casual into my week. Like, if I'm just grinding, like, I am not the type of player that can just grind and grind and grind. If I don't get some casual playing in, I just start making, I just get so bored that I just start making play mistakes just because I don't, I, like, don't care anymore. <laughs> I, and I, I, I'll be honest, I'll do, in, in a draft... If I have the chance to lower my winning percentage to put in something hilarious, I will. Like, if I'm playing black and I have a precursor golem and I have a tainted strike, even if I'm not playing infect, that tainted strike is going in the deck just in case I can go big with it. But, I've seen, but, I've done that. My Like, it's so awesome. I've drafted two knowledge pools, okay? I, I, I like, I like limits, bro. Huh? My favorite was uh, in M. 10, I drafted somebody passed me in consecutive picks, Darksteel Colossus and Polymorph, which I then imagined I, I slammed them both and put them in my deck with, you know, 17 other creatures just in the off dance I can pull it off. <laughs> so I would like to point out something. Uh, we're talking about the new Commander decks and I love casual. And I love multiplayer. Who has seen the preview card Hydra Omnivore. Oh, I haven't yet. Is it just out? 
Yeah, it's on uh, mtgcommander.net. Oh, let me check. Oh, you could check the in Skype. We, yeah, we, we have it. it. We have it in our chat. Uh, Hydra, Hydra Omnivore. It costs one two green creature Hydra. It is a rare. Whenever it is the eight eight. Whenever Hydra Omnivore deals combat damage to an opponent, it deals that much damage to each other opponent. Yeah, this card says I need Rancor and I need it now. Rancor. It's called Fire Streaker. You want it every turn. Oh God. Oh. Yeah, this one is going in uh, in Omnath. Yeah. This isn't just a good EDH card, though. This is like this is like the casual Timmy's dream. Timmy. Timmy. Yeah, well, th- this card's pretty awesome for multiplayer. I've been real, real impressed with what they have. Uh, I'm a little concerned on the power level of some of the generals that they've released. Uh, I'm concerned with the power level overall because I worry that these cards are going to be so popular that that they're just going to be like you know well if you want to play casually you have to go buy these you know these decks or singles rather than you know old old cards well, yeah i'm waiting here to was see the a original thousand. problem though here's a problem originally i heard a lot of people talk about and i mentioned it to Sean in our in either our earliest cast when we were talking about stuff for the site the fact that nobody anyone who bought these decks we were originally afraid of was going to just get ran over by, like, a Sean EDH deck. I actually still think that could be a problem. Even with powerful cards in your deck, if it's not built around that card, it's not going to be as strong. You can play Mimeoblasm, but until you throw your Buried Alive and Intuition and Life's Finale in the deck as well, it's not going to quite run up to a, a streamlined EDH deck. But that's uh, the problem with every precon from the beginning of time. Yeah. But I think I think, I think the, expect that. I think the thing that I'm impressed with is the fact that they put us they put two staple EDH staples into every deck, Soul, Soul Ring and Lightning Greaves, which was something I brought up. Deck? Is that confirmed now? Yes. Yeah. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's been confirmed for a little while now. But here's the other thing: I'm just impressed, kind of what Chad said about the sheer power level of the cards in the decks because. Originally, when I first saw this, and I was like, all right, these are gonna, probably going to have some cool rares, some okay uncommons, and a bunch of, like, junk commons, and it's going to have generals, and then you go, you sleeve it up, you play it, and you get stomped on six days to side, six ways to side, uh, Sunday. Like, you're just done. These play really, I, I have a feeling these might play a little bit better than I initially guest and I'm, I'm hoping that players like new players who want to get into EDH will get to win a game or two with these and want to build better EDH decks because in my opinion losing with a deck or losing with a deck type doesn't make you want to play it yeah I, I think uh, a bigger concern is that they're going to print a stable in say one of the decks and yep. not all the others and so you're going to end up Let's say you play a green deck, and there's the new green ramp spell where it's green and basically X, and you get to put X uh, basic lands from your deck into play. And if Is you do it while your opponents one? are yeah, and if yeah, you do one it, of the joint forces. And if you do it while your deck. opponents tapped out, they don't get any of the bonus. That could be a very very good green card, and you could want it in all your green decks. And so if you have ten decks and four of them have green in it, do you need to buy four copies of this precon to go get that card? 
Wow, that's that's fair enough. Something it's that a- you, you all should consider, and this is my financial advice of the night, or at least one of them. Early on, take note of what cards you think you will want for other decks that are in these. And then, uh, at a certain point when this is all spoiled, Star City, like they always do, is going to put them all up for fairly flat rates. It'll probably be, you know, three or four bucks for each of the rares. And, you know, if if there is a card like that, like that green card, and you know you're going to want it for ten casual decks, buy them immediately. Because eventually, those, you know, very specific cards are going to go through the through the roof for, for casual play. Because people aren't going to want to buy the entire deck. And if one or two of the decks is way more popular, uh, and you have to buy the full case to get at those decks as a store, it's going to be very limited in availability. Alright. There's, there's one card that I don't care which deck it is in, I want it. Acorn Catapult, Squirrel Token. Oh, Bradley's gonna be so happy for that card. It's it's a four mana artifact, pay one tap, art, Acorn Catapult deals one damage to target creature or player, that creature's controller, or that player puts one, a one one green squirrel creature token onto the battlefield. So is there's it kind of squirrel tokens? I don't Maybe. know. Maybe. Well, the, right. they haven't announced that they're coming with new tokens in them yet. But for, for, uh, for our listeners, one of well, let me let me because I don't know if every I don't think our listeners know who Bradley is unless they've gone to the site yet. Bradley is uh, our set designer, and he loves squirrels. His biggest problem, though, is that there's only two actual creatures with the creature type squirrel. Everything else just produces squirrel tokens. However, I think a card like this is going to make Bradley very happy, and I can see him shooting himself with his own, with his own cannon, like squirrels. Uh, yeah. uh, but there's like, aren't since it's an artifact, can't it also like, isn't there like a Niv Mizzet type deck that would want that kind of effect? You deal them to your own creature, like effort. I think you wrote about it, Sean. Uh, yeah, you could do damage to your own creature. You could stuffy doll it up or something. There are ways. I mean, just, you can just deal it to anything, really. And, and, and you, you, I mean, there are, there are things you want dead that are better in the yard. I mean, there's there's lots of good ways to abuse it. All right. So with with all of that, I think we've uh, we've we've reached our, our our time limit for the evening. Uh. So we're gonna do we're gonna do our shoutouts, and I'm gonna once again do my reverse shoutouts, and uh, we're gonna start with our guest this night, and he can be the first one to do shoutouts. Uh, what are shoutouts? You somebody else <laughs> to do them first, because I All don't right. know what you want me All to right. do. Right, Sean usually does shoutouts the way they're supposed to be. Yeah, hey, uh, just like to give a shout out to uh, my fiance Brenna for being able to stick with me while I do these podcasts and writing and spend half my free time playing with silly cards, and uh, to Han, the guy who had to deal with the lightning bolts for an hour on his Putrefax, and uh, basically to the local store, Drums, for letting me pre-order at the original price for all the Commander decks. That's it. Uh, so now, Chaz, you understand how shout-outs go, so it's okay. your All right. Uh, I'd like to shout-out to Tibor and Lumia for being my favorite general in my chaos deck. Uh, I'd like to shout out to Mike Takakis. You were an underrated guy and you got a raw deal back in the 80s. 
Uh, I'd like to shout out to uh, my girlfriend, Emma, who is off seeing X-Men for the second time this week tonight, uh, because we both loved X-Men, but she loved it enough that she wanted to go back a second time, and whereas I did not. So I am talking to you. <laughs> um, shout out to my wife, who's been very supportive and all the magic stuff, and she did ban me from, from riding a train to Montreal since it'll be like two weeks worth of travel if I go that way. <laughs> <laughs> Which is a little too much, apparently. And, uh, shout out to, to Boosh who's been, like, amazing and helped, like, has actually supported the getting me to Montreal and put up a foil altar as one of the prizes for people who donate. And Medina, because, like, like, Jonathan Medina gets on every podcast somehow. I, like, he's, he's got some superpower. I don't even know. Uh, So I'm going to start off with real shout-outs this week, because every time I start shout-outs, I almost forget to shout-out my girlfriend. So I'm going to shout-out my girlfriend first, because I got in trouble for shouting her out last. So you shout it out first this time. Don't put me in the doghouse. Is this going to be the only, this is the only magic podcast I think where no one's single. Is it? it yeah. Wow, yeah, you're true. right. I think that's impressive. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt your shout-outs, by the way. Um, my other shout-out is um, Grimelstein for being a good sport. Uh, he heard the podcast where I talk about him and uh, was not very happy, but was a, was a good and laughed it off. And I want to shout out my store, Flights of Fantasy, uh, in Albany, New York, for being phenomenal and is kids, and is uh, going to give uh, you, Lewis, a prize content. Uh, so I have to send you a link because you have some playmats to pick from. Score. Um... And then uh, I'm going to give one to Scrubland because they gave us a shout-out. So thank you, Scrubland Podcast. Uh, we really appreciate it. Um, and now for my reverse shout-outs. Uh, to Power for taking Charlotte away from us. Uh, you you should have not done that. Uh, to Skype, once again, for being an asshole. And uh, reverse shout-out to Jeebus, because if I ever meet you at a GP and find out it's you, I might punch you in the face. But you only know who that guy is, do we? <laughs> He's like the best troll ever. Like, I can just imagine he just, like, you're, you're having a conversation with your friend, and he's just like, your friend kissed your girlfriend. It's like, what? What? It's like, wait, who said that? He's just gone. He just started the, he instigated something and disappeared. Thing is, we Can know he's imagine? from Boston. I lived there and played magic there for years. I'm sure I know him. Could do you measure if he's like Chapin or like Mar or like Mark Rosewater or something? Like the only way Chapin could get out his negativity that he, he's like not known for is by taking on this alternate persona of Jeebus. And in his spare time, he does Medina's ego. <laughs> <laughs> I miss Medina's ego. It's been a while. Or what was it? The evil? Wasn't there like an evil? Uh... Who else had an e like evil? Someone Mark had an Rosewater. Evil. Yeah, there was an evil Mark Rosewater for a bit. I miss evil Mark Rosewater. There was Keebler's ego too, which is hilarious. Stupid guy. 
Ah, oh, there is Doomblade guy. Alright, so with that, every... <laughs> so apparently we also gave shoutouts to our, to our favorite Twitter accounts that are no longer active. Yes. But with that said, uh, once again, I'd like to thank our lovely guest host, uh, Chaz Andreas. You can find him on, uh, that awful website's <laughs> channel, channel Twincast, channel... I think Fireball. Huh? So these statements do not reflect the views of the other authors on Red Side Wins. <laughs> <laughs> Except in some uh, cases no, I'm kidding. Uh, where we so choose. Uh, I'm kidding. Uh, uh, Channel Fireball. So uh, go read his articles over on Channel Fireball because they're amazing. Thanks, guys. And, I'll be uh, back in time. All right. And with that said, uh, everyone just remember to keep it casual.